listening to For the City, a podcast of Gospel City Church. My name is Micah Klutnadi. And I'm Brent Thomas. On today's episode, we're continuing on the topic of preaching. Specifically, what are preachers trying to accomplish and how can you get the most out of a sermon? All right, Brent. So uh, my wife posted a video today, sent me a video, and then she... I think posted it on social media and yeah. it was my son Zion. Okay. So she's getting ready to do devotions with the kids this morning. Zion's just like looking like a wreck. Like he needs to be back in bed immediately and the sun's shining in his eyes and he's just like stretching slash grumbling. I don't want to, I don't want to. And she's like, what are you, what are you, what are you trying to say Zion? And he's like, I don't want to read my Bible. <laughs> and uh, she's like, we got to do devotions and, encouraging her so she lets us in a little bit and she posted on the thing go read your bible and so it's amazing i was just thinking i've been there i've been there and uh as funny as the video was <laughs> i have been there and uh you and i have been in church for a long time as to have probably several of our listeners and uh they uh we we've heard ser- sermon after sermon after sermon so grew up going to church what do yeah. you remember about when you were growing up and you were sitting in church during yeah. sermons. So again, faithful Christian parents who loved me enough to make me go to church every Sunday. It wasn't an option. Um, and we sat in like the seventh row back, same pew every Sunday, right next to a stained glass window depiction of the crucifixion, which is Yikes. just, you know, a beautiful Violent. sight for a five-year-old <laughs> child. And then, um, uh, counting the planks because it was a wood ceiling, counting the planks in the wood ceiling um, back to our row. And, you know, I think it was like 28 or something back. Amazing. And yeah, so not not so much m- sermons as much as... <laughs> it's funny because I was at a very ornate church as well. And it had this like gold ceiling with these big squares. I used to count all the squares. Can't remember. And then there was also an air conditioning unit in the top left corner. <laughs> Perfect. And every 10 seconds a light would zoom across it. And so I remember counting how many seconds slowly every sermon. While your pastor's preaching his guts out on yeah, stage. Yeah, And so it's funny, it's funny um, that those are kind of some memories uh, that we have. And uh, uh, we don't so much remember a ton of the sermons and those kind of moments. And yet uh, I've been thinking about that as just a Christian and yeah. somebody who goes to church and the importance of the church. And last week we were talking about how we approach uh, preaching the word of God and mm-hmm. the importance of the word of God being preached with boldness and with accuracy and with history. Um, but why do sermons matter? Yeah. And that's kind of what I, something I've been thinking about. If I've been a Christian for a long time right. and I've done due diligence in my study as a disciple, then why do I keep going to church week after week and listening to somebody talk about the Bible uh, for a long time? And I think as much emphasis as our church puts on the preaching of the word, we want people to come and be hearers of the word and great listeners of the word of God. And so unpack that with me a little bit. Like, why do you think sermons are so important in this life or why does maybe our attention compete for uh the listening space yeah i mean i think any sort of um knowledge download in our life like you know you'll hear you'll hear people talk about being uh 
you know, I need to hear something to learn. I'm a visual learner, right? I can, I can learn by just reading and those type of things. But one of the longest standing forms of, um, information download has been oration has been someone standing and proclaiming. I mean, the fact that we're even in a podcast, right? This moment speaks to the, the power that's behind the spoken word. And And so you couple that with what we talked about last week and the power of God's word and how he uses common man to, to communicate and herald that word. Um, you know, I think it's, it has to be important in our lives to understand that I can't get everything I need just by reading for myself. I can't get everything I need just by, you know, like we were even saying with church, like hunkering down in my church, in my home and, and reading the word and doing that. I need other people. And so the, the mm-hmm. biggest thing for me that I think about is when you have stood and presented uh, God's word to me or uh, the, the preachers I listened to over the year, their perspective is different than my own perspective. Mm, that's good. And so sometimes God will use that to reveal something that I never would have seen had I just opened up mm. to that same passage of scripture and read it while I sipped my coffee in the morning. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a beautiful thing because that's the picture of the body of Christ to me. So mm-hmm. I, I do think it's really important. Yeah, I recently was reading a book by J.I. Packer and he talked a little bit and was unpacking this idea of being the congregation being great listeners to sermons and how that's kind of like uh, something that we're losing in our culture and in society. And something he said was for congregations, the hearing of sermons is the most momentous event of their lives. Worshipers ought to appreciate this fact and listen to the word preached with awe, attention and expectancy. Hmm. And so you hear a quote like that and you're like, wow, that's a great quote. Yeah. And it has a lot of weight, but there's no way. Uh, that I think often of sermons being the most momentous moment of my life or that I approach uh, the preached word of God with awe, attention, and expectancy all the time. I mean, there are so many things competing for our mind at any given point. Uh, There are so many um, distractions that this world affords. Uh, Like you said, podcasts and social media and sound bites and um, TED Talks and motivational speeches, our world is just littered with spoken truth. And so it's like, how um, do I come every week and submit myself to uh, these sermons and allow it to be a momentous event? And what makes it a momentous event is kind of what I've been thinking about and unpacking. And uh, I mean, you you teach in to students all the time. Yeah, I've read about our attention span, <laughs> and we were talking about that a little bit. Like, yeah. uh, I think our attention span now is said to be like eight seconds, and a goldfish is nine seconds. Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> we have a hard time remembering what we just heard. Yeah, it goes back to us as kids yeah. counting the towels in the ceiling versus sure. listening to what we heard. Um, so there's just a lot competing for our attention and yet a sermon is calling for us to give our attention wholeheartedly to something because of the importance of it. Yeah. What else competes? Yeah. I think, um, you know, even talking to our students, it is crazy how much is just being fed in. Like there's guys making a living being TikTok preachers right now and they're, they're taking, uh, you know, 
we pray, like most of the time, they're taking a gospel truth that's real and can impact lives and condensing it down to 10 to 15 seconds and trying to like get it in there because before the person swipes away and all of that. Yeah. And um, so that's, that's in their minds, but then all the other content that lives out there as well. Right. And so it's, we're trying to kind of dive into a world that is saying the faster you can get me this information and the more catchy it is, the more, um, in tune and relevant with what's going on in the world right now. Like that's what people actually listen to. Mm -hmm. And yet we, we stand, we hold a historical ancient book and we're, we're trying to, to say like, Oh, well, how do I, how do I get this in a new way, in a new medium? I, I remember reading a book when I first started preaching called Saving Eutychus by Gary Miller. And it was this idea of, um, you know, there's this famous story where Paul is preaching hours and hours late into the night and a kid falls asleep on a windowsill yeah. and falls and dies. Uh-huh. And so he has to like go out and raise him from the dead. Right. Awesome. You know, like kind of little story Praise that happens. That. Exactly. <laughs> and he, the argument in the book was, you know, what, what took Paul hours to accomplish, like knocking out his audience sometimes only takes 20 minutes for most preachers because they're so disengaged. They're so, they're just up there and they're rambling on and on and on. And so there's that side of it that I think is a struggle for people. Like they come to church and they don't want to be bored to death, but there's also the side of it that I think where we can come to church now within the season in life that we're in and the generation coming up is, is expecting to be wowed every single week. So speaking to you, to that quote of the miraculous, the amazing, the most momentous event of their lives, I think we can put an unexpected expectation right on the preacher to like somehow completely encapsulate everything that needs to be said in a very short amount of time and in the most like extravagant way possible. And that can be frustrating for the guy preaching for sure, but more so as a hearer, like if you get to the end of the message and you're like, well, there wasn't anything crazy that happened. Right. Yeah. That I think that's a bad, being a bad listener because Mm -hmm. if you come with an expectation of, Oh, you got to like completely rock my world and make it this amazing thing, then we're going to be disappointed more than not because we need to come in in kind of a holy and sacred tone of saying, God, what do you want to say specifically through your word to your people today? So, yeah, I remember John frame in a book that our church was going through last in the fall more recently and from the second Helvetic confession. So this confession that isn't used a lot, it said the preached, the preaching of the word of God is the word of God. And Mm. so while a preacher who gets up and gives a sermon, they're infallible, they're not infallible and they're not inerrant. But if they deliver the word of God true in a true sense, rightfully, then uh, the word loses no power. It's uh, the same power that's on the lips of the preacher was as if it was Paul writing it down in the Bible. And so the spirit of God takes the breathed out words of God through the preacher who's done due diligence and studied and applied himself to the text to deliver it. And that is what we are getting. And so, you know, in a world where our attention span is dropping and in a world that says, you know, we shouldn't ever have to sit and listen to um, spoken oration for more than 20 minutes anymore. How do you reconcile that with church where you might be preaching 40 minutes or 45 minutes or 55 minutes and you're unpacking a lot of context? And the truth is, you know, I approach those things differently. Yeah. And I think the world, you know, it's more and more, it's easy that I can approach um, topics and speech and 
communication so that I can improve myself as a person. I can get a lot better because there's a lot of really great leadership principles out there and there's a lot of um, great TED Talks out there and motivational speeches out there that apply to the situations in my life. And bam, I can immediately start doing some of those things. But right. in church, I'm not coming so that I can get what I need today. I'm not coming necessarily so that I can um, have a checklist to walk out the door with. I'm yeah. coming and I'm saying, God, would you reveal yourself to me through the spoken word of God? Would yeah. you, by the power of your spirit, show me Jesus today? And as the word of God is unpacked and as the spirit of God unites it with my sinful soul and my heart, transformation starts to take place. Yeah. And, um, you know, Mitch is someone on our staff and he often talks about like a sermon being a, a well-prepared meal. Yeah. Like people are coming and this is sustenance. You're not going through the drive through yeah. You're not going to get something that's going to like, you know, sustain you and carry you through the afternoon. Like yeah, this yeah. is a well-prepared, you know, three course, four course meal <laughs> yeah. where you're going to sit down. But we're also at the church, not just cooking for you, teaching you how to cook. Yeah, you yeah. get to leave with some principles of like, wow, there's yeah. actually a lot in the word of God. And yeah. if I apply myself and if I sit under the faithful teaching of the word of God, something starts to happen in me Yeah, and it ultimately results in glorifying God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so good. I love thinking through it's not fast food because yeah. like how, how many times have I come and I want something that's like you said, going to apply directly to my situation. And even as a preacher, there's that, that tendency of, I want to help people. And I have specific people in mind even who are going through certain things and you might start to try to, you know, fit in little things that don't actually um, fit the text, but you're like, Oh, this would be a really great speech or this would like be really, people would applaud this or people would be motivated by this to go and do something different with their life. And, and then you start to put a lot of the power in your own words, right? And, you know, we're preaching through Acts, right? And we got Herod who's preaching a great oration and the sure. people are like yeah. the voice of a God, not a man. And he gets struck dead because he didn't give God <laughs> glory. In the same like breath, we need to be that, that handle the, the word of God that well on a, on a Sunday or whenever we gather as a church saying that this isn't about what Pastor Micah can bring or Pastor Brand or whoever is speaking the word of God. It, it's about what is God doing right now in this moment through his word and how can I take it and feast on it? And um, that, you know, I think of my kids where when we fix them a plate of, of food, a lot of times there's vegetables that they don't, they wouldn't choose if they were going through the buffet line, right? Yeah. They wouldn't scoop as much broccoli as I probably put on their sure. plate. But I know as a parent that they need to have a well-balanced diet in their life. And so even, you know, when we preach verse by verse, like sometimes we're taking up big old chunks of scripture that we're working through and every, we want every word to be handled rightly yeah. and given to the people for them to, to chew on and for it to feed them rather than just, you know, every week we're like, where, where should we preach this week? And you know, what do you guys want to talk about? Like, it's yeah. not that it's the, the Lord has given us this amazing gift of his word. Mm -hmm. And as we work through it, knowing that each part of it can play, you know, a role in our lives of equipping us and sanctifying us and um, washing us, with the word, like that's an amazing yeah. realization for the, for the listener that this isn't just another, 
you know, sermon or TED talk like we've thrown out there. This is a, another meal that the Lord has given me, yeah. and it's going to give me life. And it's sitting at the feet of our God, yeah. of Jesus, and and being shaped into a servant, into his likeness. And, you know, we're being consistent. When we devote ourselves to the preached word of God, we're being consistent with what the church has always done. Yeah. And I think in our, we have to be careful in our society and our culture that has so many tools and quick things available to us at the yeah. drop of a hat right. to not compromise what the church is always meant to be. And like scripture, you know, from the earliest of times when the people uh, began to gather in Acts, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Yeah. And, you know, in the church at Antioch, they were there for a year and Paul and Barnabas start to teach the Bible and they're uh, preaching and teaching. And I'm sure that those believers didn't say after that year, well, I'm done with that and I'll go to lesser right. things. No, they were hungry for more and they began to teach and they began to bring other disciples along and together they devoted themselves because something is happening in the gathered body yeah. where the word of God is spoken. Yep. And ultimately great preaching leads to worshipers. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty passionate about that. You would be passionate about yeah, that. Right. Our church is passionate about that. We're not just preaching sermons so that we can fill ourselves up and feel better about ourselves. We're preaching sermons so that we would stand in awe of a great God of glory yeah. and be shaped into the kind of worshipers that he's seeking. Yeah, that's good. I, you said that about the early church and it made me think of, you know, they spend a lot of time in homes and the, you know, the breaking of bread and prayer. And so you have to imagine that they gathered at the synagogues or heard teaching in some form. And then it wasn't like they just walked out of church and it was over. Right. Like the conversation carried on yeah. and I'm sure they sat around the tables and it was like a lot of discussion about what they had read and um, how the Lord wanted them to live their lives in that way. And I think like if we were going to be good hearers of the word, like, you know, James encourages us, like, don't just be hearers, be doers also. Yeah, and sometimes we apply that to like, okay, like I got to go out and like do acts of service or, you know, yeah. fix the world with what I've heard. And that's, that's true. But on the other hand, sometimes it's just, not just listening and then right to the next thing in your life. Yep. It's it's sitting and like lingering in that. And we try to help our church with that with simple things like small group questions based on the yeah. message that week and um, things like that. But I think the most beautiful thing that a church could be is if the the teaching of God's word then impacted the discussions and the conversation that happened all throughout the week and not just you know, a one and done. And now I'm watching the, the game at one o'clock or yeah. whatever. Um, and so I, I would hate for our society to just continue to look like I come, the, the preacher gives to me yep. and then I go on. Yeah. Right. Um, and that, I think that's an important part. I, I was preaching at a, a conference and, um, to a group of students and I preached hard on the holiness of God and, wanted to give them an opportunity to respond and, and kind of like, you know, it's, it's easy to like close that, that moment and be like, okay, now, you know, you've prayed and, and this moment's over, but I wanted them to sit in it and I wanted them to like go back and have discussions with their, their youth pastors. Cause they're the ones that are going to be doing life with them of how we can be holy as God has called us to be holy. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, it kind of left it at that. So it wasn't, it didn't feel like the moment ever ended. And then, you know, I'm standing there and a, a girl, uh, is walking back to her, her group and she passes me and she goes, Oh, I just want to say thank you for your talk. It was so motivational. 
And like, I wanted to scream in that moment because <laughs> I, that's the last thing I didn't want it to be motivational. I wanted, sure. you know, I wanted it to ruin her in the face of holiness and our, I, I felt ruined. Yeah. Right. And so, um, and, but again, it just speaks to this. I came, I listened and it was great and I was, you know, grateful and now I'm done and I'm moving on. I'm hmm. going to go play, you know, uh, basketball or volleyball in the gym. Yeah. And so, um, but how many times have I done that, huh. right? How many times have I walked into church and expected to be fed and and maybe even felt like I was fed and said to a, a preacher, man, I felt like you were preaching right to me, right? And while I get the the compliment and I, and I understand maybe what I was feeling, I think the better thing would be to, man, I can't believe the Lord has spoken to us hmm. and then go and have yep. discussions with brothers and sisters in Christ about how I'm going to be different and yeah. what's that look like in their life. That's so good. Yeah. Thomas Adams says, I complain not that our churches are auditories, uh, but they're not oratories, yeah. meaning uh, I, I should, I, I come too often just expecting to hear and get something for myself yeah. when my expectation should be what I'm receiving is going to make me a prayer warrior, is going yeah. to make me a worshiper, is going to make me a proclaimer of Christ. And so I come with that expectation and I leave transformed by everything that was just said. And that becomes a pinnacle of my week. That's how we can come with the yeah. expectancy and the awe. Uh, I would say just real quick, wrapping up, like I'm sure people want to be great listeners. Yeah. And yet uh, sometimes it can just, you feel like you're in a dry season with sermons and, and, you know, obviously our preachers have to submit themselves to the rigorous work of doing it with passion and with authenticity and with right. um, all of that. But how can I be a good listener? Like what's a practical thing that you would say to somebody who's coming in the doors of church yeah. every week? Yeah. I say, uh, bring your Bible. <laughs> like don't, don't, even if your church is hard a, copy or yeah, virtual copy, I'm all about the hard copy. And yeah. I think there's a, there's <laughs> a very simple reason for that. It's a one less distraction, right? Yeah. I can't get notifications yep. when I open up my paper That's Bible, great. right? Um, and, and even in even, the eight second, uh, yeah, you know, brain. Span. Yeah. yeah you. And what's even crazy is I've noticed in my own life, like I, there's now neural pathways of when I open my phone and swipe it open of things that I naturally think I'm going to go to, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, email, text messages, stuff like that. So even if there's just a moment where I've lost the attention on the preacher and my Bible's open, I might all of a sudden swipe and now I'm checking scores on ESPN, right? Like what a waste. Whereas if I just commit myself to the word, if if I get distracted and I just start reading God's word, like, Oh, that's an interesting where he's at. You know, let me keep reading. Mm Mm-hmm. I've done no harm to, yeah. to anybody. So I just think that's a beautiful thing. But yeah, I would say pay, paper copy, hard copy of the Bible. Even if your church has like hardback copies in the pew or whatever, like bring your own, get your own copy. Yeah. Amazon. I 10 think it's bucks. huge. Get your phone away from you yeah. because the text can wait. Yeah. I mean, you can give the Lord 45 minutes, one 100%. hour without answering a text, without making a grocery list, without... Yeah getting a buzz from Amazon and exactly. trying to figure out what you got to get yeah. later. It's like, give the Lord that hour yep. intentionally through the word. And I think bringing a hard copy of your Bible is speaks generationally. Yeah. Like kids, kids, uh, see parents and adults holding the word of God, caring the word of God, caring yeah. about the word of God. I think that's so massive. And then yeah. taking notes, bring a pen, yeah. underline things in your Bible, circle, 
um, words. Seems in sacrilegious. Your Bible. People yeah, are yeah. like, you you want me to write in my Bible? <laughs> but yeah. man, like this is like <laughs> dig this thing apart. Yeah. And take meaningful notes. Don't write just the things down. Uh, like you know, preachers will put like main points on the yeah. on the screen, and sometimes yeah. I think if I only write that down. 10 years from now, I'm going to have a bunch of points that I have no idea what no they idea. mean. Exactly. But if I'll listen intently yep. to what's being spoken and take some notes down uh, that help me understand the passage and the text, man, that could really help shape my week, give For me sure. some things to think about. And maybe you just need to sit and maybe you're not a note taker. That's fine yeah. too. But attentiveness to the open Bible, I think is just huge yeah. for being a great listener of the word of God. For sure. So hard copy of the Bible, pen in a journal, be distraction free, whether that's just putting your phone on airplane mode for 45 minutes or just putting it, leaving it in the car yep. when you walk into church. Um, I think those are all really practical tips that would help you for sure. Awesome. Thanks for listening to For the City, a podcast of Gospel City Church. To find out more, visit mygospelcity.org. If you found this episode helpful, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and subscribe. Also, take a moment to share it with some of your friends. We'll see you next time.